this anymore. Hello, and welcome back to Chapter Chumps, a reading podcast where us three chumps talk about a fucking book, and we're reading through The Fellowship of the Ring. Today we're going to be discussing chapters... Well, okay, so The Fellowship is split up into uh, two books, and we're on book two of The Fellowship of the Ring. Which is the first book in the trilogy. Yes. <laughs> but we're on, we're on book two. But the second uh, book of the book. Okay, yes. Okay, so we're on the first book of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which second book is of the book. itself, it, which is itself like one book. This is why split up into three, anyways. This is why it needs to be book section slash part, whatever you want to call it, not book again, and then chapters. Okay, like, so so I agree. We're reading like that. That should be the uh, Act the Two or Industry Norb. Yeah, Act yeah. section. We are we are reading The Fellowship of the Ring, book two, chapters four and five, A Journey in the Dark, and The Bridge of Khazad-dûm. Yeah, I mean, like... Well, I mean, like, we, we read them. We're going to be discussing them. Tolkien so. just fucked up do, like, no, doing we're, the we're, book, book thing. He just... I mean, if he knew he was going to do multiple volumes of the, of, of, like, the Lord of the Rings trilogy... <laughs> then then splitting the the single books into books just i don't know just makes me yeah makes my brain hurt yeah but uh no kind of we're actually we're actually just starting to read right now so turn to page 365 and just start reading actually <laughs> right did i i said we were read reading along with these? Us, everybody yeah. okay All we've right, read who, them who wants first word we are going to be discussing them. We are going to be discussing and breaking down these chapters. And let me tell you, it's not going to be as uh, intensive and lore dense as the Council of Elrond, which... You sure about that? I was still waking up in a cold sweat thinking about that chapter. <laughs> um, but... As always, I'm sure we will have plenty to discuss, and certainly some big, some big events um, that go down within this section. So, um, before we actually get into the the chapter talk, I wanted to check in with the chumps real quick. Um, Isn't that what we were doing before the podcast? I'm just. <laughs> I think we should figure out like when we're watching the movies and like what our. Oh my god! I just be. had a fucking question. <laughs> oh my god! Ask away. Um, I'm wondering at this point in the book. I mean, we're nearing the end, you know. Um, the end, and of the obviously, beginning. we will we will come back to this once we are done and we we talk about it in full, but. Um, I'm wondering how you're feeling about this book so far. Just like as a whole. Since we got past the Shire, I've really been enjoying it. I think this is something we'll get more into with the uh, our, our final podcast on this book, where for those who are new to our podcast, uh, we tend to, at the end of the book, we tend to uh, uh, review the book as a whole, give it a give it a rating. Our final uh, podcast for book two or for the book as a whole? The 
book as a whole, which would also be the end of book two of this of book one. Oh, okay, yeah. Um. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Um. But j- yeah, just currently, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I'm starting to understand why people like it so much. But the the beginning is rough, and as I mentioned when we first started, like I only got a, like 90 pages into this the last yeah. time I attempted that, which wasn't that long ago. Like there's like Dune was a book where I read it. I just kind of brute forced it back in middle school and didn't like understand it at the time. Um, this, I like tried to read it like two or three years ago and just fell off right, right when that Fox died or something. Uh, like the, one of the few yeah, times that, was, that Tolkien, you mentioned Tolkien that was goes like your off. last note. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tolkien goes off and uh, it, one of his very few, like, third person tangents that doesn't follow Frodo or Bilbo. Um, and I was just like, yeah, that's where I stopped one day and I never picked it up again. But now with the podcast, I've almost gotten through the book and I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's just the power of chapter jumps. You know, you can read any, you can read any book. Kitty. It's a more fun reading with your friends, I think. And yeah, discussing it with your, with your pals. Um, yeah, I I have enjoyed it. It's it's been a bit more of a mixed bag for me than the Hobbit was, because um, you know I I feel like every few chapters there's one chapter that just bores me to tears. Um, so it's you know for me it's not even that the beginning was rough. It's just from the get go I was like okay we'll have a a chapter of you know lore and people's lineage. And all that kind of shit that I just don't care about. And then then traipsing through the forests, like I've mentioned a few times. But then yeah. we'll have great chapters that are, you know, absolute delights to read. Full of adventure and whimsy and fun. Um, so, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's far more positive than negative. But compared to The Hobbit, it's, it's a little bit more of a mixed bag for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what I about what about these two chapters we're about to get into into depth with uh, today? Um, personally, I feel like they're a good mix of both. Uh, they're both bangers. The the lore and just like adventure, maybe yeah. not so much whimsy, but I think they're both bangers. Connor, how about you? What do you think uh, about the story so far? It's it's definitely interesting to um, read through. I don't know. I guess what I think of as like the source material, you know, of, of all the stuff that I know about Lord of the Rings and, and to, to meet it at its own terms here um, as a text. Um, I I am enjoying it a lot, but, um, you know, I also I also have plenty of times where I'm reading through it and, and I'm like bored, you know, or it's there's there's certain sections that just um, are kind of tough to get through. Like I've falling asleep a few times like trying to read this book you know um i mean not me too, because i'm tired really yeah me too but it has nothing to do with the content of the story it's just i choose bad spots to read yeah i mean that that happens um it's and... a bit too cozy <laughs> connor drinks yeah, so... a few too many uh big whiskeys yeah i have a couple nightcaps you yeah. know and it's like you know <laughs> but um yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, really, it's it's more interesting than anything for me to be reading it. Like, yeah, it's it, it is good, but it's it almost feels like I'm uncovering a relic, 
you know, sometimes. Um, yeah. And I, I also get a cool story out of it, too. So I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm a bit in both camps. Um, I'll definitely be, you know, I'm looking forward to us talking about it in its entirety, you know, pretty soon. But, um, but overall, yeah, it's, it's been cool. And I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing where the story goes and, exactly. and what happens. I think it's different because, like, yeah, this is this is a sequel or an extension of The Hobbit, but it's also the, the very beginning of a of a, an epic three-part journey. So um, it doesn't feel fair to judge The Fellowship of the Ring against The Hobbit. It, it would be more like, you know, I, I kind of want to judge The Lord of the Rings as a whole against The Hobbit. And, but obviously yeah. they're two different things, but they're kind of yeah. both complete um, stories. So, um, Well, that's what our, that's what our book discussions, uh, like full book discussions are for. We, we rate each book so we remember how we rated it at the time. And then when we finish the trilogy or our saga, if it happens to be longer than a trilogy, um, then we, we rate the whole story as a whole and see how that plays out against the all, all of our individual book opinions yeah yeah i don't even remember what i gave the hobbit anymore so i can look that up if you'd like i am kind of curious now that you mentioned it but um while you're doing that unless you have it like immediately ready i, I have to pull you? it up okay um please vamp yeah no i'll uh we'll we'll get into our chapter discussion here so chapter four a journey in the dark um, okay, stop vamping. You rate it 7.8 out of 10. Okay. Nice. That sounds sounds about... I was like, it's, it, I'm like, couldn't be lower than a 7, but couldn't be higher than an 8, so... <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Um, chapter 4, A Journey in the Dark. So... So, last episode um, and the previous chapter... The the group was um, defeated by the weather. At, you know, they're trying to go over this mountain, Karadas or whatever. And the mountain is literally like, no, you may not fucking go through here. It's not going to happen. You may not use my pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got words about that. Whoops. Sorry. Drop I'm it. sure. So... So even though um, there was a much more dangerous route that they had been, been avoiding um, that Gandalf had suggested they take, um, they're pretty much forced to go that way now. And, and that way is through the mines of Moria that will take them under and through the mountain range. That Mariah. Way. Moria. Named after Mariah Carey. Nope, sorry. It's the mines of Moria, buddy. The mimes of Mariah. <laughs> it's a Vegas group that they mime along to Mariah Carey songs. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, no, it's it's cool that you know that really specific uh, the mimes of Mariah. That's fun. Yeah, my cousin was in the group actually. For couldn't couldn't really be that entertaining. Like I don't know who's that who who that is for. You know, it just like seems way too way too specific. But okay. Um. But yeah, they, they have to get through. But well, first they, they, have, they actually the mob, have to get... So, okay. Okay. You know, it was really kind of a money laundering scheme. So from the mobs of Mariah to the mimes of Mariah? Yeah. Yeah. And then my... I mean, 
my cousin ended up dying on on yeah. uh, on stage one night. Wow. Um, did they mime it or? Um, it was bowel obstruction. Oh. Yeah. What? <laughs> really, What's going on? Really okay. sorry to hear. Really sorry to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, it was a while ago. It was a few months ago, so. Don't yeah, so it you're over it. Who cares? Don't even think about right. it anymore. All right, just put that in a little invisible, you know, box yeah. and then tuck it away. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> okay. okay. So, but I can't so listen before to they, Carey Oh my without, god! Okay. <laughs> thinking of, Connor, of the guy, Connor. I just can't listen to her anymore. <laughs> it's just it's too it's too tough. It's too tough for now. Okay. I hope one day. All right. Yeah, I hope so too. But yeah, I, really, I really hope for your sake and and for the the sake of your cousin's memory that you'll get to to listen to Mariah Carey again one day, and maybe even go back to Vegas and and perform in the mime troupe in in their honor. You he know, he loved her. He loved her so much. But you know, but until that day, you know, you just don't have to talk about it. Okay. You know. All right. Okay. So we're good now, right? Yeah, we're good. Okay. So they actually have to get to, like, the doors. So they actually have to get to, like, the entrance to Moria. And it's, like, a whole fucking thing. Um, and they're, they're, I don't know. Oh, right. They, they even, they camp outside. There's, like, wolves and shit. They're like, this fucking sucks. Yep. They kill a whole bunch of wolves. Then they have to keep going. There's even more wolves again, which they kill. And then they keep going and keep going, and they, they eventually they find, like, this dried-up stream, which Gandalf was looking for because it leads them on, on the path to the gates, the doors. Um, they find this lake there, which wasn't there before. That's why the stream is, like, dried up or whatever. I don't fully get that. I don't really get how that happens, but that's what they say. Global warming. And so... So, so while, while they're, uh, they go through like the water, they make it to the gates there, it's sealed magically. And Gandalf has to like solve the riddle to open it up. And Boromir's so frustrated. He throws a rock into the water and then this fucking monster comes out and there's a whole battle and everyone narrowly escapes and they make it into the mines of Moria and the, the doors are closed forcibly behind them by the monster so there's no hope of escape. The only way out is through, and they must continue deeper into the pitch black darkness. And that's what we got. No one keeps going after it for this chapter. They explore. Oh. They explore uh, the mines in this chapter as well. Oh, is that also where they they explore the mines in this chapter? Yeah, this this chapter ends with a uh, epitaph. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is where they find uh, Balin's tomb. Oh, yeah. This was a long chapter. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love okay, how... Well, how um, they explore the mines. <laughs> I love how Boromir throws the rock and all that shit happens. And then um, Pippin throws throws a pebble down the the well later and, <laughs> yeah. he's big, and he gets chastised for it. Yeah. When, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> seem fair to me. No, it's true. I mean, Gandalf really fucking hates the shit out of Pippin. There is some great Gandalf shade these chapters. Yeah. But anyways, the first chapter, um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. There was a squid thing in the water. The water is really fucked up and it's dirty and everyone has like a bad vibe. They just get bad vibes. Yeah. The second they step into the water, it's like... Yeah, they, they vibe check and Frodo's yeah. like, nah. Not happening. Not today. They say, not today, Satan. Yep. That's what they would say if they were if if this was a Marvel Marvel uh, remake. <laughs> Not today, Satan. I don't, I don't know if they would really. And, I don't know if they would say Satan. And then then okay. when 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 the squid thing attacks after it's over, they'd be like, "Well, that it's happens." Right, so. Well, oh, that gotcha. happens. That you know. But but just before it attacks, just before it attacks, Frodo goes, "It's right behind me, isn't it?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly how it would go. Um, anyways, I did. I I liked this chapter. Uh, more adventure. Um, you know, I like how Boromir is kind of. I don't know. He's he's not totally on board. He you know he he didn't really want to go go the way that Gandalf um, wanted to go. He he he's he's doubtful. You know. And uh, I, I I like how um, Strider or Aragorn, as he's now referred to, um, yeah. you know, it's kind of like okay, my my way didn't work. We almost got killed, so I'm gonna put my tail between my legs and we'll just it's gonna walk. You know, follow you, no question. Don't worry about it, dude. <laughs> um, because Gandalf didn't make him feel bad about it. So they kind of seem like they're on equal footing i guess yeah yeah i agree i liked that part too um i took a note on that where like gandalf and gimli are talking to each other in the mines kind of like obviously trying to figure out where to go because neither of them are really positive and everyone else is like you know this is the guy who's leading us really and then um aragorn says do not be afraid uh, I have been with him on many a journey, if never on one so dark, and there are tales of Rivendell of greater deeds of his than any I have seen. He will not go astray. If there is any path to find, he has led us here against our fears, but he will lead us out again at whatever cost to himself. So, um, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I found myself really appreciating that line, too, because, um, you know, before they were they were kind of fighting like Gandalf was kind of like after the, the mountain pass Gandalf's like, Oh, uh, Aragorn, you know, nice job. Yeah. I guess we really picked the right way to go. Like he does kind of have a yeah. some remark there. Um, but, but Aragorn is like really gracious in his, in his support here. I felt like, yeah, I, I like he, that he is for sure. And I mean, even though, you know, Gandalf can, stick it to him a little bit i feel like there is a mutual respect there more so than yeah. like between gandalf and other people <laughs> yeah so yeah no i mean I, I think you're right about that too uh but yeah i mean um it was a nice chapter and then they walk through the dark and it's scary um and then they come come to the tomb of the of of the guy they wanted to were hoping to find right balan yeah, yeah. Um, before we talk about that or, or whatever else we decide we want to talk about, but you were talking about, um, Gandalf having like, uh, 
a, a respect for Aragorn, even though like Gandalf also kind of, you know, he might have a, like a snide remark or two here. But um, even after Gandalf kind of like flips and, and he's talking to Pippin and he's like, Pippin, I'll fucking throw you down that well, you little <laughs> bitch. <laughs> like, you know, afterwards he goes up to him and uh, Tolkien writes like he he speaks kindly to yeah. him and then like offers to like do the watch and let Pippin go to sleep, you know? So like Gandalf is kind of like, um, I don't know. He's sort of like a shitty dad, but like yeah, he really is say, doing like, his best, you know? Yeah. I was going to say like the, the, the dad is like quick to anger, but is really, really cares about his kids, but it's just yeah. like the second they fuck up that he just flies off the handle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like absolutely. his, you know, he, yeah, he's really quick to get upset, but like, he he really will also like apologize and really does care and. Which is something we don't really see from Gandalf that much. Uh, Just the, like apologizing. Much. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. No, it's 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 nice to get that. Um, I guess it isn't. I mean, maybe apology is almost too strong of a word because he doesn't ever really say he's sorry. But he, he will admit if he's mistaken. Yes, maybe that's it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, it's yeah, it's no. kind of a subtle acknowledgement, you know, and and a softening yeah. of the of the divide between the two. Like, like it's very intentional, softening yeah. that relationship. Yeah, um, no, I, I'd say so too. You're right. Um, I mean, yeah, the, this whole section, I I just have a general note on this whole section. His his insult thrown at Pippin is just full of a toque, um, which I was giggling at because I knew that as a favorite from a YouTuber I watch. I just don't know why that stuck with me, but it's just like, yeah, they this is part where Gandalf says, calls him full of a toque and they use that as in like their everyday uh, like parlance yeah. with their partner. It's kind of cute, but uh, then, uh, yeah, Gandalf's just really annoyed with Pippin like in general. <laughs> so it's just yeah, like I mean, whole, it's, it's happened chapters. before, too. Yeah, like, half their interactions is just him getting yelled at by Gandalf. Yeah. He's kind of the idiot of the of the group. Kind of. Sam, but it's, it's Sam funny. kind of should be the idiot, but he's too much of a softy, really, to, like, I, I, Sam I feel is like the everyone... Retriever. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, like, knows that he's too soft for you know for that kind of playful banter yeah i mean oh my god him fucking crying over this fucking horse jesus Christ! <laughs> you, you fucking take that back about bill you no. don't fucking speak that way about bill was that this chapter or next that was this yes. chapter right yeah yeah right, was before the, I, right before they were attacked i i'm being crude but um or i was being crass rather um but I did. It, that was very, very sad. I was very, very sad to see Bill go. I thought that was, yeah, that that fucking sucked. How did we grow to love this horse so much in the two chapters it was around? <laughs> I mean, you did. Bill's Bill's great, you know. My my note here is that Gandalf sent sent Bill uh, to a farm up north. Yeah, yeah. he sent him to the <laughs> literally. Factory. Literally, he's setting him up north to go play in the fields with the other ponies. <laughs> I really hope that... Um, hope Sam believes that. 
I really hope that like Bill survives against all odds. Just comes back. We're reunited with him, like in, in with Fatty Lumpkin. Comes back yeah. with like an eye patch though and a prosthetic <laughs> leg. <and laughs> I've seen some shit. (laughs) It's the final battle, and it's like Shadowfax is there leading the charge, and then there's there's Fatty Lumpkin right behind him, and then then Tom Bombadil is there, and he gets shot, and then out of the out of the smoke comes Bill. Yeah, that's what I want to see. World weary Bill. That's what I want to see. Eye patch and all. Yeah, you know? yeah. All right, I've got enough in me for one more battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Call me William. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I I was the whole the whole thing with Bill. It was funny because like everyone kind of sees it as a necessity, you know, like. Nobody wants Bill to, like, go off into the darkness and probably get devoured by wolves. But, like, Sam's the only one who's who's really... Um, Concerned? Like, in shambles about it. Oh. You know, everyone else is like, yeah, you know, it sucks, but it's like, we gotta get the ring to Mordor. And Sam's just like, I will take this fucking pony through the mines of Moria. Yeah. Frodo is sad. To. Frodo is sad just because he knows how hard Sam will take it. Like... Doesn't yeah. Gandalf tell Frodo first, and then Frodo's yeah, like, oh, no, it's going to kill Sam. Don't. No, 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 no. Okay, let's, yep. just, yeah. let's just not let not talk about it until it happens. And then, yeah, yes. And then it does. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Um, R.I.P. to Bill. You know, it's uh, probably the saddest death in this book. I have to, hands down. Bar so you, no, I can't, can't even think of another, so... I mean, are you are you sure we're gonna not see Bill again? I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure about that because uh, I didn't know Bill was gonna be in this book in the first place. So who knows? But um, you know, for the time being, it's like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I he's, I really he's as good know. as dead. You know, Gandalf does talk to him and t- tells him the the secret to survive he's like okay just survive just don't die just run through yeah. the woods and don't die and then he, tur- yeah. then he turns to sam and is like okay well that's all sorted i gave him the instructions <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be good don't worry right he's like well i've done all i can yeah. you know it's like and you know you know you get the impression like obviously it's supposed to be like he's talking to him through like magic or yeah. whatever but it's like you know for all they know, Gandalf's just like, oh, fuck. You yeah, know, I gotta say absolutely. something in front of Sam so he thinks I did something. I think yeah. he's just trying to convince Sam that, that he has this power, like, just to, right. to put his mind at ease. Yeah, I, I talked to him in horse language. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, I Sam know. doesn't know any better. He's just like, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> okay, Gandalf. Yeah. All right. See you later, Bill. Yep. But yeah, I mean, they they are separated by a rock slide. It's not like they got, they like shoot him away and then went in the door. It's like the true, the door got slammed behind them and like rocks fell. So yeah. I mean, Bill leaves just before that though. What was that? Sorry. I said, Bill leaves just before that anyways though. No, no. Like he's like, Sam has to decide between Bill and Frodo and chooses Frodo. Well, yeah, because because Frodo's being attacked at the very same moment yeah, that Bill he does, runs but off. that doesn't have to do with yeah. the rock slide. Yeah, but I th- I think Josh is just trying to to say that he does have to make a choice and and does 
choose Frodo. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's right. The, that's right before the, the rock slide. Before there, there's um, enough sealed in. There's enough uh, uncertainty in there to impl- that there's a chance Bill could appear again in the future. And I could mean, be. we've already we already said like this character's not going to re- reappear. Or this character's not going to reappear, and there they are. Tom Bombadil keeps coming back. Yeah. So I mean, to, Tom Bombadil didn't seem like he was going to get eaten by wolves, but I mean, yeah, no. you're right. So no, he didn't. But I I am hesitant to believe that anybody is leaving uh, forever unless they are explicitly said to be dead. All right. Well, hey, we'll poor see. Balin. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing, at first, I kind of forgot how long ago it was that Balin had gone. Like, I'm sure they said at the Council of Elrond, like, 30 years ago or whatever. But when I, I was reading it was the only chapter, three, but yeah, I was like, wait, 30? They did forgot, say how long so. it was, but but it, it was very brushed over. It was not, they didn't yeah. make a great point of it. They said several yeah. years, but, it, like, he, he, like, actually, like, got the mine started again and had, like, his own little, like, kingdom going before right. they got attacked. Right, that was my whole... Because at first, I was like, what? His tomb? Like, yeah, I th- I, who the I, fuck made this? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was like a like a like another small expeditionary force like they brought to the Lonely Mountain in The Hobbit. Yeah. But no, it must have been... It sounded like it was like a couple dozen dwarves and they got everything running and then they got attacked by orcs and just got picked off one by one. Yeah. Yeah, well... I mean, we, we get some... We see firsthand, you know, the the power of the orcs and the threat that they were facing um, in the next chapter. Well, yep. wait, in this chapter? No, yeah, in the next, next chapter. chapter. Um, also, so, yeah. Also, I just want to point out again, uh, the goblins are now definitely being called orcs because uh, we get a call back at the beginning of this chapter to the Battle of the Five Armies. Um, and they are only referred to as orcs. Yeah. Yeah, that is an interesting change. You would think, given how Tolkien just loves to name things several times over, you know, at least one person would be like, yeah, they're goblins, too. But, like... Yeah. In the language of elves, they're like goblins. Retcon, right. Um, Tolkien's just the like, orcs, nope, what you orcs. call goblins. <laughs> yeah. Right, there's none of that. One of the little trivia rap battle things they do. So, um, yeah, there is, there's that. So I guess in some ways, every time we see the orcs or hear about the orcs, like it almost, almost does kind of feel like a hobbit callback too, because it's like, yeah, those are, those are some of the same enemies they faced. I was even thinking when the wolves showed up, they don't call them wargs like they did in the hobbit, but you know, they're, they're close enough. Did you call them wargs? Yeah, they did call them wargs. Oh really? I thought yep. they just said wolves. They're called wargs as well. Yeah, they, they mentioned they the wargs interchangeably. Times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because it's like I feel like they use that term when it's like, and I, I guess you're right now that I'm thinking about it because the, after the battle, they do say like, oh, those weren't just regular wolves looking for food. You know, they were beset by evil. So, hmm. I guess I think that's the difference. Um. Yeah, we get that whole thing. A lot of fighting in these chapters. A lot of uh, a lot uh, of battling. Yeah. Very action packed. And and people actually do things like this is pretty different from the Hobbit. 
where instead of like there's a battle and everyone has to like run away or it's like oh Gandalf took care of it it's like we get a lot of um a lot of instances where Tolkien specifies you know Aragorn like lopping off someone's head or Legolas shooting a bow through their throat or you know it's like <laughs> everyone's doing something and it's violent you know even Sam and Frodo are getting in on the killing yeah because orcs bad yeah. <laughs> um, feels like we're jumping around a lot. Are there specific notes that you want to cover here, Josh? Oh yes, I have. Here we go. A lot of I have a lot of superfluous notes. All right. Um, so my first one is at the beginning of the chapter. We've already covered a couple of them. Just so we're just so we're clear. But uh, at the beginning of the chapter, when they're just discussing. Uh, their course of action after the events of the mountain. Uh, Gandalf says, "I, the road that I speak of leads to the mines of Moria. <clears throat> Only Gim- Gimli lifted up his head, a smoldering fire in his eyes. All the others dread fell in the mention of that name. Even the hobbits, it was a legend of vague fear. And my note here is, y- you know, when in Spongebob, when Plankton, uh, it ha- is like just about to get the Krabby Patty formula, and he's just like, "Yes, yes, yes." That's my note. How could we not? <laughs> <laughs> what does that like, have to do with this section, Josh? It's it, everyone awesome is everyone is like, "Oh no!" But except for Ghibli, who is doing the plankton, which I, oh, you can see I did a little doodle there. I do see that. That's <laughs> so, pretty good. Send a picture of that to me. I'll put it on Twitter. I'll remember that. I, I think there's a, there's another thing you can use for the Twitter, but yeah, we can. I can send you a photo. Um, Josh, not another foot pick. I don't. We're we're done with that. I know it it draws numbers, but it's. I mean, do we really want to be part of that crowd? I don't know. You can hear Josh flipping flipping me off. <laughs> it's very very loud <laughs> the feedback um, <laughs> anyway uh, touch on the goblins uh, a little beyond that they're talking about the distance and they say that the entrance to the mines of Moria are so and so miles as the crow flies which is really this many miles as the wolf runs <laughs> yeah. uh, I just thought that was a really cool companion phrase I've never heard before so, just in terms of like it would be this dis- distance at this like rate or speed, is that what you mean? No, like as the crow flies means in a straight line. As the wolf runs would imply like when they zigzag back and forth oh, through the trees oh, and yeah, stuff, on... like on ground. I thought that was a really neat companion phrase. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Then they are they start to run. Why do they start to run? Uh, oh, it's when the the wargs have come from the west of the mountains, like chasing them to the uh, chasing them to the mines. Uh, we just all of a sudden Boromir and Aragorn start like trading rhymes. Yeah, and it's just like run now, rhyme later, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, they each have their own little uh, their own little quip. Where it's like, oh, well, 
I don't know. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. The, uh, the wolf that one hears is worse than the orc that one fears. True, said Aragorn, listening, uh, loosening his sword for, in his sheath. Uh, where the warg howls, they are also the orc prowls. Right, yeah. Let's see. Okay, and then they start fighting the wargs at their little campsite. And the big, the, you start getting like the hyper, one of the hyper like violent bits going on. No, it's not hyper violent, but it's like a description of what everyone's doing. And it's like all the big folk, it's like Avengers mode. Like they're all like, like I'm imagining like them like around the campfire and it's like the, the Avengers like pan, pan shot like in New York City. Where they assemble. Yeah, it's like the hero shot. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Gandalf is just doing unlimited cosmic power, then like sets a tree on fire. <laughs> yeah. That, Several trees. I, I think. was happy to to it, get some yeah. more of Gandalf's you know, magic shit. It's very similar to what he did when they when the dwarves were captured by the goblins in the Hobbit. Yeah. Just like fireball. Um, yeah. but then he, he curses at them in like French or something. I know it's Elvish, but it's funny to say he, he set a tree on fire and cursed the wolves in French. That's all Gandalf did. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, dude, just kind of running through this quick. Cause they are very like inconsequential notes for the most part. Uh, Oh, when they reach that lake and they, uh, they start trying to figure out the door. Yeah. Um, there's a point where <clears throat> they hear turning quickly. They saw ripples, black edge with the shadow in the, in the waning light. When I was first reading that, I had the impression that Sam had fallen into the water and was starting to drown like Bomber did in that, uh, river in the Mirkwood. I thought that's what was happening here. And it took me like a couple of re like, like it, it was like, wait a minute. They're not like reacting at all to sam drowning and i reread it it's like oh no it's just like the that thing in the the trash compactor in star wars that's what's going on yeah yeah pretty much right it's it's something that they see right something that they notice yeah but uh, like i said my first impression was that oh sam is sam showed up at last at the the edge of the lake and then they heard a splash sam fell in yeah right um so my guess at the end of this note was that this might be some sort of crocodile creature Let's see. Gandalf sends Bill to a farm up north. Uh, did you guys have the cool artwork in this chapter too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I got I got the the door of the with the uh, what was it called? Ithildine. And then yeah. uh, at the end of the chapter, I have a uh, uh, Balin's epitaph. Yeah, I thought it was in interesting the, the that this rooms. was the first piece of like artwork that we see in the fellowship because yeah we i just assumed there wasn't going to be any especially at this point point. well we have the maps that we've been going back to but yeah it's like the hobbit had had something like every other chapter yeah pretty much you know you would see an illustration pretty frequently right so i kind of figured at this point it's like yeah we just won't get that i mean there's a couple times where i would have really liked an illustration um, yeah, same here. You know, like I gotta tell you, for the in the next chapter trilogy. in particular, it was it was hard. You know, there were some things that were hard for me to like picture or imagine 
And I actually caught myself thinking, like, you know, one of those Tolkien illustrations would really come in handy right now. <laughs> um, but but this is what he, he really felt like, you know, we needed to get a clearer picture of. Yeah. It is cool, though. Agreed. Uh, it was interesting to find out that um, later they recount that uh, the like the the thin gleaming image of it and the wall is actually mithril. Yeah, it's like like refined mithril. Yeah. Yeah. The Ethildeen or whatever it's called. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a neat little detail. I, I think I had a note later on. It's just like yeah, there's a lot of cool like mithril lore in this chapter. Is that yeah. um the armor that Frodo is wearing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. is that revealed in this chapter or next chapter that it's like worth more than the entire Shire is? It's worth. this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's this chapter. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, here, I, I actually made a note of He's it. He's like um, a billionaire. Yeah. Right. It turns out that Frodo's even wealthier than, than Bilbo now just by yeah. owning the mail. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's like, uh, the, uh, let's see. All folks is mithril, all folks desired it. It could be beaten like copper and polished like glass, and the dwarves could make it make of it a metal, light yet harder than tempered steel. Its beauty was like to that of common silver, but the beauty of mithril did not tarnish or grow dim. The elves dearly loved it, and among many uses they made of it uh Ethildeen, Star Moon, which you saw upon the doors. Bilbo had a cor- uh, corslet of mithril rings that Thorin gave him. I wonder what has become of it, gathering dust still and uh, Michael Devling, Delving's Matham House, I suppose. What? cried Gimli, startled out of his silence. A corslet of Moria silver? That's a kingly gift. Uh, yes, said Gandalf. I never told him, but its worth was greater than that of the value of the sh- whole Shire and everything in it. And Frodo said nothing. You gotta think, though, too, that Gandalf knows that Frodo's wearing it, just because, like, that's, like, something that he would just know and, like, mention just to, like, you know, make him like be like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah, like just like like a subtle way of like telling him how important it is. I you know, I feel like I feel like Gandalf probably knows that he's wearing it. Yeah, I, I mean, Frodo reflects on the fact that he's been walking around with the price of the Shire under his jacket. Yeah, um, but there I, is my- a line just after where um, Gandalf says something like, "Oh, you know, Frodo, there's more to you than meets the eye." You know, yeah, I yeah. had a remark just. I, you know, I said something similar of Bilbo, although, and then uh, Frodo thinks like, oh, I wonder if there's more meaning to what he's saying than he lets on. I always thought that was just about his character, not necessarily the fact that he's like, you got more cash on you than I expected. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with the, the value of it. More that I think Gandalf is like, oh, well. There's, There's no way you would have survived what you did. You must. The mm. only thing that be, to pr- oh, be protecting yeah. you is this yeah. thing. Like, I didn't even put that together that, that, you know, they're like, oh, my God, okay. I can't believe you survived, dude. This is next chapter, yeah. though, right? But yes. uh, yeah, sorry, it is. So it, maybe I'm conflating two different events, but no, yeah. no, no you're it, absolutely right. I think it's all part. Yeah, it, it, it definitely has to do with the armor. And, and, and that's that's another reason he knows like that. That's definitely what Gandalf was implying when he said that. Yes, yeah. you're you're right. Um, I I think it was he was implying he realized that he has the the chainmail on, but he's also like commenting on his character. Right. Yeah, I so think it's that, a bit I of think both, yeah. double meaning. Um, but yeah, in that in that context, it's absolutely he's like, oh, you have it. 
Uh, yeah, right. It's like you're right because um, you you should be dead, right? Like we all saw that. Like yeah, you got you got stabbed in the chest, dude. Yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, my 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 note for that whole like mithril section is just like Frodo's doing the monkey puppet side glance meme. We're just like, <laughs> Josh, why is this the way that you go through your notes? Oh I don't God, know. I love it. The monkey puppet side glance. That's meme. what Josh. I don't know how to explain it. That's what Josh said before. <laughs> before we started recording, I was like, oh, Josh, you got a lot of notes. And he's like, yeah, just like a lot of memes that I'm thinking about. <laughs> I was thinking about a lot of memes while I was reading this. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of memes that pop up in this one. It's true. Oh boy, um, Tolkien was I'm a sorry, Josh. I, I I completely, <laughs> I just really got caught up there. I'm, what, I'm glad uh, you found it funny. In reference to uh, the uh, when when Gimli's just like, holy shit, that's like, a, that's a kingly sum, and Frodo just says nothing. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is like, uh... well, Josh, you should be running the Twitter account. You could be, you could be, <laughs> you could be making all of these. Yeah, dude, honestly. do it. Uh, or at least send me the ideas. So, I mean, like, I don't think of any of this shit. So if you send me the ideas and I'll make it like I can do it. All right. Just remind me when you do it, because I, I forget. I'm, I'm telling you to remind me. I'm not going to remember. No, you'd be like, you I'm to remind me. <laughs> remind me to remind you. God damn it. We, this is not going to happen. <laughs> OK, <laughs> moving All on. All right. Uh, so, yeah, backing up a little bit. Uh, when they're trying to open the door and they've translated the, the top, the whole like speak, speak friend and enter. Yeah. And, and Gandalf is just going through every like language he knows, every combination of we come in peace. I am open Sesame. Um, my note here is it's just like the dwarves at the, the lonely mountain when they got there, but with whole spells instead of the broken ones that they tried. Cause yeah. I, rem- I remember making a whole comment back in the hobbit it's like yeah they're just trying like broken why no no wonder it's not opening they're trying all the broken stuff to get in yeah yeah true (laughs) um since you're on this point there's something i wanted to talk about for uh gandalf trying to open the door um it's um oh you know what i didn't put a page number down for that do you know what page that is where he's just like saying shit uh for me it's 381 I think oh I'm, right! Why am I asking you? Yeah. That's right. Sorry. I mean, if it helps, there's there's some like uh, italic text with a different like spacing. Uh, okay, I did find it. Yeah, for me, it's like for, I'm on page 321. Uh, so after he opens the the door, um, Gandalf says, "I was wrong after all." And Gimli, too. Mary, of all people, was on the right track. The opening word was inscribed on the archway all the time. The translation should have been, say friend and enter. I had only to speak the elvish word for friend and the doors opened. Quite simple. Too simple for a learned lore master in these suspicious days. (laughs) This was my next note. Because Gandalf can't just be wrong. Like... He is so insecure, <laughs> you know, because like he's like, oh, I'm the smartest one of the group. I'm Gandalf. I'm the lore master. I know this and that and yeah. everything. And and then and, like the answer's just melon. And then <laughs> I mean, yes, the fr- the word is literally melon. But when you said that, I just thought of like the fruit. 
Yeah. Well, no, I mean, which like, is what is I was it, also doing when he said it in the book. Is like, it Mulan? I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, like, Gandalf, it's just so funny because, like, you just really get the impression that there really is an insecurity that he has. He is. Because he can't just, you know, it could, it'd be so easy to just be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, it just mm-hmm. took me a while to get it. But he's like, oh, well, here's all the reasons why I, Gandalf, the best motherfucker in all time, couldn't fucking figure this one out. Like, he has to just, like, take everyone aside and be like, go down the itemized list. Oh, it's this and this and this. That's why I didn't realize, like... And I was thinking about it because even just before they get here and they're, like, looking for the stream to... That, that like, signals that they're close to the path of this next part. After they find, like, the faint track of it because it's dried up, Gandalf is like, aha, this is why we couldn't find it immediately, because I would have known the path was here had the stream been running in its full power. But because it was dried up, that's why I didn't know. And it's like, (laughs) Gandalf, you don't have to explain every time you don't get something on the first try, buddy. Like, it's okay. I, I mean, during the, the the Council of Elrond, uh, Bilbo's talking to, to Frodo, like, yeah, even Gandalf was surprised about this one bit, and he just shows up. It's like, no, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't. You you were mistaken. If anyone was surprised, you were. Yeah. It's so stupid. I know. It's so fun. But honestly, he's, he's, like, I love it. Insecure, like, know-it-all we all knew in, in school. He always has yeah. to be right, always has to have the last word. Exactly. And, and my note, I, I this was literally my next note before you brought it up. It's just yeah. Gandalf doesn't understand, uh, doesn't understand the note on the wall. Sorry, Gandalf doesn't understand the note on the wall with the password on it. Calls himself smart, no, too smart. <laughs> calls himself too smart for it. Yeah, he's too right, too smart, too smart, too good, too good at health. That's what they said. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the thing. The thing that is like especially funny to me about it, though. And I, I'm just wondering what you guys think, because I feel like we read it today in 2023 and we're like, oh, this is kind of funny. This is like a character flaw that Gandalf has. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is this is something that like makes him look kind of like, you know, silly or goofy yeah. or whatever, whatever. But I really feel like when this book was written, like this, this was not seen as as a detriment. This this was like. This was like Gandalf, like reinforcing his his power and his knowledge, right? His cleverness. It's like, oh well, you know, I can see why you might question and go like, oh well, Gandalf, aren't you the smartest guy here? Why didn't you know that? And then he's like, well, let me tell you why I, Gandalf, the smartest one here, didn't know that. And like today, it just really rings of of uh, total insecurity. But I think when this came out in the fifties, like I think people maybe just did that. You know, well, that's like, I think maybe I think that was normal. That's the MO for everybody in charge. You know, like, like, you know, that that's I, kind of the belligerence that you that you need for kind of a role with authority. So I think it's, you know, I mean, obviously, I think we can make fun of these things more so than we than we did back then. But um, but I think, it, yeah, I, I don't know if it was meant to uh, defame him or humanize him, but it's like very much a masculine trait that. Uh, you know, a lot of male leaders have throughout history, you know, and they, it's so, I mean, who's to say what Tolkien's intention was, but 
It certainly comes off as as a character flaw. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if you had any thoughts on that, Josh, or because no, I don't know because thinking about yeah, it, I, think I just hit really the nail don't the head. know. Yeah. I you you mentioned it came out in the fifties. I am still stuck in the mindset that this is a nineteen thirties book. I I don't know why. It's maybe it's because that's when the Hobbit came out. It's just like I read this right. with the context of like this came out in the thirties. This is almost a hundred year old book, but no, it's it's only eighty years old. Yeah, right. I mean, it right seventy. It, in our lifetimes, it'll be a century old, but uh, we're not quite there yet. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> we're invincible. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just keep going down these notes real quick. Um, when that monster finally shows up, um, I, I guess my my comparison to the trash compactor monster, the Dinoga, um, was wow, kind of apt because it it's got like tentacles and shit, and we only yeah. ever really like see the tentacles. But they also have fingers on them, which is gross. <laughs> yeah, it's just gross. Yeah. Like tentacles and fingers. Yeah. Right, pick one or the other, buddy. Yeah, and it, maybe it's some like British, like or, or like old English uh, terminology, like like the tentacles themselves are like the fingers, so to say. But just saying, it's like the finger tentacles. It makes you think of like tentacles with like fingers jutting off in different directions. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not described very thoroughly, and. Um... I guess that's intentional because it's like so much of it is underwater. Like they don't yep. Tolkien even refers to it as like snakes, but like, you know, it's not like this isn't yep. just like 20 snakes. Like this is a, a nope. singular creature, it seems. Right. Yeah. And it's 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 frightening because nobody gets a good look at it and it's just attacking them in the dark. Yeah. And then seals them away like they, they had almost no time to interact with this thing. Hey, Katie. Yeah. Save um, us here. And. My next note here is uh, Sam is actually, I think, one of the hero or the hero rather of this this moment. Yeah, he's the only one who moves. Everyone else freezes, and it reminds yeah. me very much of My Hero Academia, where that's one of the running themes. It's like moving without thinking to save people, mm-hmm. and maybe he thought, maybe he didn't, but it's just like oh, like having just finished the recent season uh, where that pops up again. It's like oh, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Sam, Sam's yeah, totally. a hero. Starting to see that heroic streak in him. After, yeah. After he's literally forgotten about to the point where Tolkien writes, yeah, and forgotten after them comes Sam. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I took note of that moment as well. Um, because, yeah, Tolkien's really clear that, just like you said, um, <clears throat> the line I have here, it says, rousing them from the horror that seemed to have rooted all but Sam to the ground where they stood. Yep. So um, it is it is cool that Sam gets a moment to to shine because, um, you know, as, as the a... journey continues, he kind of proves his worth more and more. Yeah. Shine is something other than an eavesdropper in the garden. Yes. Yeah. Or or he's becoming becoming more. Right. So. Yeah. Um, these are probably some of my more serious notes of the entire chapter. Uh, a couple pages later, um, we get some, as they're marching through the dark, uh, it's interesting. We learn that, uh, the knife wound that Frodo suffered a couple chapters ago is still affecting him. Yeah. Even though he's been healed and 
it's it's interesting that this wound still has consequences. It's not just like, oh, it's magically healed. This is a fantasy story. Everyone's good. No, this yeah. this wound has, even though he has been magically healed, it's still like affected him, and the ring is uh, compounding on that and exasperating it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I had a note on that passage. If you don't mind me reading it, because I go for I it. I did like this part too. Um, so it says, uh, though, yeah, though he had been healed in Rivendell of the knife stroke, that grim wound had not been without effect. His senses were sharper and more aware of things that could not be seen. One sign of change that he soon had noticed was that he could see more in the dark than any of compa- any of his companions, save perhaps Gandalf. And he was, in any case, the bearer of the ring. It hung upon its chain against his breast, and at whiles it seemed a heavy weight. He felt the certainty of evil ahead and of evil following, but he said nothing. So there's a couple moments in this chapter, too, like especially the whole watcher in the water thing. Like Tolkien makes a note that Frodo feels like their presence. And it does kind of seem like this this wound kind of unlocked, um, you know, not not a bestowed bestowed yeah right right not something he had prior right something that it gave to him you're right um but he has kind of a a stronger affinity for like feeling evil but but maybe even being affected by it too you know um he's but he he seems to sense it more keenly yeah and and he apparently has dark vision now right and he can see better in the dark which is yeah so it's like uh, but but like you said, Josh, it is interesting that there's more to it than just he was hurt and now he's better. Like there yeah. there is something that comes of it, which is cool. It, there are consequences, and they're not all necessarily bad. Yeah, I mean the dark vision and the danger sense. It's like that can't be useful, right? But like you said, he's also probably more susceptible to the to the darkness. Yeah, you can't imagine that like. There's only positive things to come out of being stabbed from like a Nazgul shadow weapon. Like something, <laughs> something is probably bad about that too, right? So yeah. So assuming we we kind of exhausted this point, I got my next <clears throat> note, and this one goes right back to Gandalf being a know-it-all. <laughs> nice. And it's a meme. We get to. I have no memory of this place at all. <laughs> I have no memory of this. That one, yeah, I and I, that one. I, I drew the meme too. You, wow, look oh at you! God. You've been <laughs> Connor. It's crappy, you know but I, I mean, pull it closer. Let me see. I mean, it's usually not like sideways like this, but it's just Gandalf looking both ways, and it's like I have no memory of this place. No, I can't. I, I don't recognize it. I, I mean, think that's. I think that's the meme you should use for the, the Twitter for this episode <laughs> yeah that's a good one um or maybe the other big one but we'll get to that um but yeah it's just i, I just noting it because it's it's the meme yay yeah um, a lot of uh, famous material in this section here <laughs> yes um but it is interesting that the the meme quote and at I have no memory of this place, but it's the, the actual original quote, assuming that my copy hasn't been revised. Um, I have no memory of this place at all. Yeah. It's like the, the 
the Luke, I'm your father. No, the, the line is, no, I'm your father. Right. Kind of level stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's true. See. I mean, the only difference in that case, not to be Gandalf pedantic about it, but like. <laughs> Gandalf in, pedantic it, fuck. In the, in the Star Wars sense, it's like, well, that's people misremembering the quote. Whereas yes. the book to the movie is a is a adaption, right? Like someone True. made a decision to change that rather than like misremembering. Well, but, here's the thing. I, I don't know if the, the scene in the movie has the, the full quote or if it's been condensed for the movie's sake. Uh, it could be the meme that condensed it. I just, I don't know because it's been 10 years since I saw the movie and I don't remember that scene from the movie except for the, uh, maybe, the still maybe pictures. Maybe in the theatrical release, Gandalf says, I have no memory of this place. And in the extended edition, he <laughs> says, I have no memory of this place at all. We'll only find out if we watch both. That's that's right. Back to back. Back to back. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'll make the popcorn. (laughs) I got a popcorn machine for Christmas. I tell you that. Oh, nice. Um, Those are cool. I got got one of those. They they work really well. Yeah, I've got one, too. It's called a microwave. I got an air popper. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Um, It's called a microwave. Uh, The Mithril Lore monkey meme um oh as they continue after they talk about the mithril uh we frodo is continuing to hear uh and and, like feel eyes on him uh kind of going back to like he's he's more more like in tune and like sensing evil yeah and he thinks he's like seeing eyes behind him in the darkness and like hearing silent footfalls uh, but he doesn't bring it up with anybody. And what I think is going on here is either my leading theory is that this is Gollum following them because mm-hmm. we don't know where he is right now. Uh, and, or two, this is my backup theory is that this is these are the orcs slash goblins uh, spying on the party. Yeah, um, I I had both thoughts too. Where thank <laughs> you. Bless you. I, um, bless up. Thank you. That's what I say. Yeah, I don't. Bless up. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know like where I, you're getting this. Who says sounds, that? I say sounds it. Sounds like I. Sounds like a hit, like youth minister thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of those guys are really cool. They they're really stylish. <laughs> yeah. Right. Talking about Frodo being stabbed by uh by the orc. You know who else got stabbed by a spear? <laughs> Your boy. Come at your boy. Mm-hmm. Bless up. Bless, yeah, up. bless up. Bless up. No, um, yeah, Josh. I both those thoughts kind of ran through my mind too. Because we know in the next chapter we get the orc attack. So it's like, yeah, are they being are they being watched? You know, is is this them preparing for the strike? Or is it something else? Is it hallucination? Um, Who knows? It could also be a hallucination, you're right. Did you um, have any thoughts of your own on that, Connor? On on what, if anything, that might be? I mean, I I did think it was some sort of hallucination or paranoia because, you know, not everyone was really mentioning it. So I mean, and I mean, there's a reason he kept it to himself too. So I, I like my. I mean, I'm just also super 
super trigger happy for something to be happening with like the the influence of the ring. Like I want yeah, I want more ring shit. You know, I want more more things to happen because of it. So I don't fucking know. Like, I mean, it could it, it I you know the, the 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 logical explanation is that it was the the orcs and everybody that came to town next chapter. Yeah, I know what you mean though. Yeah, I mean it. It's sometimes. It, sometimes the ring feels incredibly prominent and sometimes it's like, eh, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it does seem to kind of go back and forth a little bit um, in that regard. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely um, less all consuming than I thought it would be. Of course, we're only, we're not even at the it's, end of the first book yet. So, or the second book of the first book. It's, so. it's yeah, the right. MacGuffin. It, it's just the MacGuffin. It's a very important MacGuffin, but it's a MacGuffin. I can't wait until it does a, a Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Isn't there that scene where the, in the the movie where it just like it's falling and it just like falls on Frodo's finger like immediately? Yeah, that's that's the scene where they're in the prancing pony and it it goes on his finger accidentally. How is that? I thought that was a more serious scene. N- no, I'm pretty sure it's it's of that moment where we'll find out soon. We will. <laughs> Well. All right, one guys. Well, Papa's, we'll really... Papa's got to take a pisser. All right. Yeah, I had one more note, but we already covered it. All right. Oh, poor cool. Malin. Um, so we'll take I mean, a type I, five. I, I, I have a couple notes. Okay. I mean, I it do. doesn't matter if we're at the end of the chapter or not. I got to When Papa's got to take a piss, Papa's <laughs> okay. got to take a piss. You know? Jesus. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. Why not use the bathroom before we start? Like I, I do, no, but no, I got bet. He but does, I, but well, then, Josh, then he, then he double fisting yeah, sodas. Look at this shit, Josh. Fucking uh, you ask why? That's why I water, dude. I have a problem. I am sick. Okay, be right back. Drink water. All right, so I think there's just a few things I want to touch on in this chapter before we... We're we, rudely interrupted. Before we go off. Um, <laughs> when a man's got to piss, a man's got to piss. Classic. Sure. Something Gandalf would say. You Absolutely. Know. <laughs> um, you don't think he so, stops the quest to pee? He's an old man. He has to pee. You know. I'm. You know. I'm surprised, given how much they talk about them eating and sleeping, and why don't they talk about them taking their their fucking pisses? Why not? Maybe they're you know? wearing diapers. <laughs> Gandalf. Probably is. it. Yeah, they got uh, mithril Wh- diapers from Rivendell that hold yeah. gallons of piss for leagues at a time. Then they can use it for, for sustenance later. It's kind yes. of like a uh, an early version that's, of Still Sick. That's, that, that's what that drink is that Gandalf keeps giving them, the Miravore. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's his piss. <laughs> a wizard, a wizard, ah, fuck, what's the line? A wizard, a wizard is never late, he arrives exactly when he means to. Yeah, a wizard never has to piss. He just pisses when his bladder's full or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Too true. So, page 316, um, they they talk about how, um, like, that Moria was made in, like, happier times. And uh, there's, there is this line... Um, Gandalf says those were happier days when there was still close friendship at times between folk of different race, even between dwarves and elves. I liked this line because I, I felt like at some point in our our book discussion prior to this, we had mentioned how it felt like the races were like all very um, 
separated and like within their own kingdoms. And that was one of the things that made, uh, what, Brie? Brie was like novel for having uh, hobbits and dwarves and elves. Humans, right, like everyone uh, lived humans, together. Yeah. And um, we Sorry, were kind I was, of I was saying, thinking of Dale like, for a moment. Yeah, we were like, oh, that's like the classic uh, fantasy setup, you know? But we even get a little bit of like world building on that subject where it's like, well, it wasn't always this way, this way you know? Um, things have changed, you know? There's reasons why certain races are separated or skeptical of one another and, and things like that, that that still have lingering effects to this day. But like, you know, Tolkien always likes to talk about his world history and at some point in their history you know things were actually much more um fluid and together but that's that's somewhere in the past for them um let's see i'm gonna what didn't i go through um oh page 323 um Let's see, we were talking about like Frodo and his his keen senses. But also, um Gandalf Gandalf has a thought about um let's see here. What is it? So after the Watcher in the Water, after they just after they escape, um Gandalf says Something has crept or has been driven out of dark waters under the mountains. There are older and fouler things than orcs in the deep places of the world. He did not speak aloud his thought that whatever it was that dwelt in the lake, it had seized on Frodo first among all the company. And I felt like that line, it implies that Gandalf is assuming that Frodo was attacked first because he's the ring bearer. And that yeah. like... You know, I guess like the dark creatures of the world like have a natural affinity or or like drawn towards the ring, you know, or have been influenced by Sauron in some way, right? Maybe or, or that too. Yeah, I guess it could imply any number of things. But whatever Gandalf thinks about the connection between Frodo being attacked first, you know, it's like it it has to do with the ring, obviously. And then it's like, why, yeah. right? And then, of course, that that idea, there's older and fouler things than orcs in the deep places of this world. We kind of get some payoff for that in uh, this next chapter that we are about to discuss. Um, and then this line actually happens to lead me to another part where, okay, the line ends. It says, it had seized on Frodo first among all the company. Company with a capital C. Several times throughout these chapters, the group is referred to as the company. Isn't that fucking insane? Is the book called The Company of the Ring? How the fuck do you title your book The Fellowship of the Ring? But then when you write about the collective group of characters it concerns, you refer to them as the company. Yeah. That is inconsistent so far. I mean, it just makes me think, like, 
Were they even named the Fellowship? No, they were not. And so it's like, does something still need to happen where they are like, oh, well, we're officially the Fellowship now. Like, Is the Fellowship the Ring Wraiths? <laughs> the Fellowship was the friends we made along the way. That's, that's what they call them. All right, Nazgul, time for us to rock and roll. Let's go, Fellowship. Well, it's kind of like how, you know, Freemasons talk about themselves as like a brotherhood and fellowship but they're also like bad evil people too so yeah who knows i i mean i guess but i mean right now it's it's not frodo and the gang they're the company so i really had to shout that out because that was driving me fucking crazy um let's see do i have anything else here um No, we really talked about everything else. Um, honestly, even like Balin at first, again, I was like, you know, Balin didn't just die. He got a funeral and a burial in the pitch black of Moria. Like, but was there also a period of time where the dwarves had like made it? more habitable and then the the orcs like ruined it again like um but but whatever you know that's that's where Balin comes to rest so no that's that's all that i want to mention about this chapter um i'm ready to discuss chapter five the bridge of casa doom if uh you all are i am ready let's cross that bridge I'm baby i'm ready i'm ready he's doing the thing Classic. That's a meme. Classic. Yep. Or or should I do my plankton impression? Yes! Yes! (laughs) Wow, that was great. All right, Connor, now let's hear your Mr. Krabs. Okay, um... SpongeBob, get behind the register! There's customers! They want a Krabby Patty! That was pretty good. It I'm was gonna good. go count me money. Yeah, there wow. you, go. you usually suck at impressions. You yes. usually fucking suck. That was pretty good. No, no, no. I mean, I I've been practicing, so. I mean, it okay. did kind of suck because SpongeBob is behind the 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 grill, not the the cash. Well, no, he was covering for Squidward that day. Why was why was Squidward out that day? Um, he 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 tore a ligament. Look at these fucking tentacles. <laughs> he's got fingers. Yeah, they're right fingers. Yeah, finger tentacles. He 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 couldn't press the buttons on the on the cash register. Yeah, or oh. too much. Gee, so who was um if if SpongeBob is manning the cash register, then who's making the Krabby Patties? Pearl, also SpongeBob. Pearl. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's is, Mr. Krabs' uh, daughter. Yeah, He's right. I mean, these these episodes write themselves. You know, it's like it's like when you come up with a new Seinfeld concept. So, you know, it's like it I don't just know keeps if, going. I don't know if anyone's ever thought of it, but it's like so. Mr. Krabs is a crab, obviously, and his daughter Pearl, <laughs> she is a whale, and it's like I don't think anyone's ever thought happen? about this. It's like, how did that one happen? You know, I think you're the first person to think about this. You're right. It's just, yeah. I mean, back in those you know days, it was a simpler time, but here in 
2023, we, we think a bit more critically about these things. Do you, and, do you uh, have like any theories about how that could have well, come to pass? Like how did that you know, happen? I, yeah. I have thought quite a bit about it. It's, it's, um, it has, it's kept me up at nights. Um, recently, actually. Has it now? Uh, recently. Yeah. Recently. And I think, I think she could be adopted. Yeah. Yeah. What other options are there? Maybe maybe it's like a Lord of the Rings situation where, um, like, Bilbo isn't really Frodo's dad, but, like, he might as well be, you know? But I, that's, that, to, to, well, your, that's to a your story. point, that pretty much is the adoption route, so. That's a story that we could, that, that is yet to be told of Mr. Crab's past, where he is, like, best friends with this whale. We'll call him Jimmy the Whale. Yeah, and like they they just have like a an epic, absolutely epic bromance, and yeah. then Jimmy has a daughter and whatever, and then um, they're also um, like thieves. They they commit crimes and stuff. I think is the, is what they yeah do. yeah. I thought that was obvious. Yeah. yeah, go on. So 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 Jimmy has a daughter, and he's like, okay, I, I'm going to do one last mission with you, Mister Krabs. And then I'm then I'm out. I got to take care of my daughter. Got to raise my kid. And then during this last mission, Jimmy dies in Mr. Krabs' arms and says, um, the, the, "What I'm going to ask you, the only thing I ask for is you, you take care of my pearl. You raise her as your own." And then Mr. Krabs tearfully he he accepts. And that's and that's the story. I think it's a beautiful thing. There, that's like a whole. SpongeBob movie waiting to be made. Yeah, I know. They should make a SpongeBob movie. Nickelodeon, if you're listening, please give me royalties. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's talk about the bridge of Casa Doom. Um, I, I guess our summary where it starts. I was kind of waiting, Connor. I, I, I was kind of waiting for for them to get to the bridge, and there's somebody waiting there for them. And he and he goes, he goes, my wife. <laughs> what what does he say? My wife. What? Like Borat? Because Borat's from Kazakhstan. It might, I was thinking Kazakhstan, Kazadun. It's, oh, it's sorry, sorry. Similar. I I really I couldn't even tell what you were doing because the impression was so bad. No, he like, Discord he, Discord would not accept it. He he does the thing. It's like. My wife. <laughs> you know? I guess you could really only do Mr. Krabs. Now, that's the only impression that you're capable of. It's just that one, and then all the other ones are like, there's just nothing, right? I that's just all you got. I haven't practiced Borat, so I, you're if, gonna I, have, if I practice. Pra- honestly, practice it. Practice it and get back to us next episode, Okay, if you remember. Okay, deal. I would love to hear how that progresses for you. Um... So yeah, the they they um they look through this book. They find this book that kind of details um what happened in the the final days of um Balin and and his groups um like reign or or occupation of uh Moria. But, you know, it essentially just amounts to, like, things were going good until they weren't. And then all the orcs came in and just fucking killed them. One um, by one. Yeah. So, uh, they died. I'm not completely sure how Balin got to, like, 
how they constructed a tomb for him and buried him. Like, it sounds like they were, like, sieged. You know, they're beset upon by a, a force of orcs. And um, I, did they come back? I mean, it just seems well, weird that he has such... That's, that's the thing with sieges. They, they last a long time. And it's not necessarily, like, fighting the whole time. It's just, like, yeah, they're camped right outside the yeah, door. Yeah, that's, can't get that's out. a good point. I think there must have been some some brief respite from the conflict where they were able to do that. Yeah. I guess. Um, I just wonder, because it's like once when the company is going through Moria, like, they can barely see two feet in front of them. You know, like, everything is in shambles. Everything's destroyed. Um... I mean, if Balin and his group were here for several years, maybe even a decade or two or more, you know, um, I just, it's like, what did they make any home of Moria? Like, was it like this? Because what, what Frodo and everyone else walk through is like horrible. But also Balin was living there with a group of dwarves for like, decades and then like what it just all went to shit again like i, I get that orcs are here like i, well, I we know he, that it's he bad, only, but like what is the timeline here he only they held did. the title of like king or whatever for five years gandalf says so i think there was like five oh, good, right five good years of like peace or reign of that territory and um, they yeah. didn't they didn't have the whole mines like refurbished it was only like a small section and then they ran it then they ran into the the orcs again yeah, yeah. So it's possible the fellowship was just through the stuff that had been aban- had still been abandoned this whole time. Right. True. Um, but then it also kind of like Gandalf kind of has this line where he's like, um, you know, it wasn't time yet to reclaim Moria. Like Balin's uh, occupation was brave yet foolish, and it's like, I mean, Gandalf's completely right. Like you come here with what, like. Even a let let's say Balin had a hundred dwarves with him, and even that I think we'd say is probably being generous. But let's say he did. You also know that the the mines are like crawling with orcs. Like, how can you make a home there? Like, because the way that Glowin seems to to like frame it, it was like okay, they're going to Moria because they want to like find the Ring of Power. Okay, I'm on board 100%. Because it's like you you go in there, you look around, you get it, you leave. But they, they're like, hey, let's set up camp here. It's like, are you fucking serious, Balin? Weren't you the smart one in The Hobbit? Weren't you the wise one? How is this going to work out for you? Um, I just, I don't fully... It's not that I don't get it. It's like I don't kind of I don't I don't like buy it completely. Like I don't really understand what like the end goal here was. Like they were going to just like reoccupy Moria and then and then what? Like w- with their paltry legion of door I I I get that this is not what the chapter is about, but just since we're talking about it. Um I I felt like a little hung up on this because I was like one how long were they, they even there? And then Josh, you're right. Five years, they say. But then also, it's like, weren't you always going to die? Like, what are you doing there? You know? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. 
maybe it was like the the whole like Arkenstone debacle with uh, Thorin. It's just like they got there and it's like, you know, I could be king here. Fuck going back to the Lonely Mountain. I could have I power guess. here. And some of that may have been influenced by whatever evil pervades Moria still or whatever ring they came to go find or something like that. Yeah. So. And, I mean, also, like, just be talking like, about it. It, it could just mm-hmm. be like he wanted to retire. It's like, I'm too old to go back, but I I just don't want to leave. You guys. I don't want to, like, retire, retire. They're like, all right, we'll make you the king. You're already the boss. Yeah, maybe. Just change your title. And, like, kind of talking about it out loud, it makes me think, too, you know, you consider how large the mines are. You know, obviously they're massive. If you were going to try and find a ring in there, that that literally is like a needle in a haystack situation. So, you know, I guess you probably, maybe you would need like years and years and years before you were like, okay, it's not here, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I guess I get it, but it does kind of feel like, you know, what did you expect was going to happen, Balin? Like, you know that there's orcs there. That's kind of the whole deal. That's why nobody lives in Moria. It's because it's overrun with orcs. So eventually you're going to come across them and you just don't have the forces to withstand them. So it's like, just kind of felt like they were on borrowed time. And and Gandalf acknowledges that, to be fair. So whatever. But, um... So there's that. The important part really has nothing to do with that. They They read the book... They're like, okay, this is what happened. Kind of also gives Gandalf insight on which path that they should take. So they continue through the mines. Eventually, the company comes uh, to like this this huge hall, and they themselves start to be overrun by orcs. There's a, a whole fight. There's even cave trolls there. They're battling. They're battling. They run away. Gandalf has to seal a door to cover their escape. And Gandalf is like blasted backwards. He's, he's like, wow, I almost died trying to seal this door. Like whatever is coming through this door. Um, you know, I've never faced something this powerful. So when I read that, that particular section, um, I read it as like the door was like kind of closed and then like Gandalf did something and then like ran around the corner and he's like, wow, that was totally cool. You guys should have seen that. Uh, trust me. Like that whole like that whole like kind of thing we were talking about in the last chapter where he's just yeah inflating himself. But it's like, I totally did that. Also, we got to run. <laughs> yeah, but he, he does have a line where he, he's like, oh, you know, something something like countered my spell like i never faced the likes of it or whatever um which at first i was like you know what i mean to be fair like this is a really famous moment as movie watchers josh i'm assuming you and i kind of knew what was coming here um but i I wasn't sure the way it was gonna go down i wasn't certain what movie it was in yeah um but but when it was like oh there's this force on the other side of the door i was like what is that like because there's there's no build up like that in in the film um but but gandalf is like you know weakened by it and they continue on 
the orcs are pursuing them ever further, and eventually they get to the bridge itself, the Bridge of Khazad-dûm, which um, they explain was made to be narrow as a defense mechanism made by the dwarves, so enemies would have to cross it single file, which is like, hey, that's smart. Yep. But of course, they're trying to exit, so they need to exit single file. And as they do this, um, the Balrog emerges, and it is revealed that that was the fearsome foe on the other side of the door that um, had, had uh, you know, yep. overwhelmed Gandalf in that way. So... You said you said the Balrog, right? Right, it's a Balrog. A Balrog. I, I had a note about this. Is I always thought it was the Balrog as well, but no, there's apparently multiple of these. It is. Yeah. It is not the original or like like the. It is a. True. So that's actually kind of terrifying that there are more of these things out there somewhere. Yeah, and it's even. I mean, no one. I mean, everyone's surprised that it's there, but no one is confused about what it is. Nobody exclaims, what is that thing? Everybody goes, oh, fuck, it's a Balrog. Like, yeah, they're aware. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit, a grizzly bear. I, I swear like, to God, I thought this was going to be yeah. a dragon when it was. When oh, the shit, a cocaine bear. You know, like, yeah. when I was reading the build up, I thought it was going to be another fucking dragon. Yeah. I was like, Which oh, makes shit. sense. It's really hot. Yeah. There's flames. There's a big, there's a monster coming. It's a fucking dragon. Yeah. That good assumption, but no, it turned out to be demon. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever the, a ball, or whatever the equivalent of a demon is in this, this setting. Yeah. There's definitely more to say about the Balrog um, in terms of its singularity in the chapter. Not that it's the only one. Yes. Um, but uh, but Gandalf faces it down on the bridge. Um, he he destroys the bridge, so it cannot pass. And as the Balrog falls down into the depths, it grabs Gandalf with its flaming whip and drags him down as well. And the company is freaking out but they have to leave and as they 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 exit you know they kill a few more orcs along the way but essentially they make it out into the other side they uh they're outside they've successfully crossed the misty mountains um but with the the sacrifice of gandalf on the bridge and they, they kind of have a moment to kind of wallow in their grief. Um, and that's that's where our chapter, you know, leaves off. Concludes. Yeah. So, Connor, what do you make of all this? Um. Yeah, I mean, so long to Gandalf, you know, nice Thanks knowing the guy. Fish. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice talking with him. Um, you know, but it, everyone dies, so I'm sure, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. Uh, no, I mean, uh, we're going to get Gandalf back some, some, some way, somehow. I don't know. I don't what? think we'll ever see Gandalf the Grey ever again. What the fuck again. are you talking about? He's a very clever, clever guy, I think. 
Um, so he'll have you believe. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> no, no, the Gan- the the Balrog couldn't beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. The Balrog isn't strong enough to beat me. Um, yes, uh, and it was very cool. A lot of action. Um, you know, nice seeing Gandalf really out of his depth. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a fun chapter, really, and uh, I'm. I'm very curious to know how they're going to get on without him, without Gandalf. Strider yeah. seems to be kind of taken up, you know, like like he's the no nonsense. Like, okay, well, we, we're sad, but we need to keep going. So I'm going to be the person that pushes us all to keep going. Yeah, I like that you keep referring to Aragorn as Strider. Yeah, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I, that's he's Strider to me. It is. I mean, the book makes it like a really clear, like he's Strider. Even after the book tells you his name is Aragorn, it calls him Strider. Yeah. yeah but then yeah. after the Council of El, like in and after the Council of Elrond, they're like, oh, he's Aragorn now. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, <laughs> not to yeah. me, he ain't. Sorry. Yeah. Also, it's time to reforge his sword, and we're done. <laughs> this is a classic there and back again situation where where Connor's like, this is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. We're not even there yet in this book. Yeah. Except this has more, I feel like this has, like, I've got more weight on, on my position now than, than for, for that, that battle. Yeah. Because it call, it literally calls him fucking Strider for, for, you know, the first half of the book. chapters. Yeah. Yeah. So. Then they give him a third name, uh, at, at Rivendale that I don't even remember. Nobody does. And then he's just Aragorn again. Occasionally Strider. It's the it's like the Dune Dane or yeah something like that. But but uh, to to what you were saying, Connor, just in general, um, yeah, pretty action packed. Um, so you're you're thinking that you have not seen the last of Gandalf. Um, I am thinking that. Yeah, I think he comes back as a forest ghost. Yeah. Does that mean we're also going to get Force Ghost Bill the Pony? Yeah, I hope they're together. I hope he's riding Bill. <laughs> we Down can from the heavens. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know why that made me think of the ultimate showdown, but it did. I actually do know why you're thinking that, Josh, because I thought the same thing. <laughs> Because that's it's, that's it's that the, section of the of the song where Chuck yeah. Norris descends from the heavens. And it's, then, yeah, no, it's exactly. I really, yes. I, I'm like almost, I'm like shuddering that I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so many now, and an immaculate chorus down from the heavens descended Chuck Norris. <laughs> what a great song that I, was! I, I probably is. could sing that whole damn song today. I, I know I can because I have it on my phone. This is well, bad. there you go, guys. That's bad. You shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna summon something. <laughs> the Balrog is gonna come. Monty yeah. Python, the Holy Grail's Black Knight. Um. Anyway, there's only two notes that I have on this chapter. So can I can I go through them and then um, yeah, God, I, I don't go through yours and then uh, yeah, I only have five. And we already covered one of them. We'll kind of give our general thoughts. So. Right. um Yes, I can. So when they were talking about um, the beginning of the chapter with with uh, the company being around Balin's tomb, Frodo thinks about um, 
like what he knew of Balin and there's this line where he he mentions like Balin visiting the Shire. And I completely right. forgot that that happened. I completely yeah, like the last... forgot that Balin visited the Shire. Yeah, it's like the last page of the Hobbit or something like that. It's like yeah. the the epilogue. It's like, and Bilbo lived happily ever after. And uh, oh yeah, and Balin came to visit one day. Right. Just giving um, news about the Lonely Mountain and stuff like that. Right, but but Frodo, you know, not surprisingly, knows about that too. Obviously, Bilbo told him like a hundred times, probably. But or he was there. Or he was. I don't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, remember, I remember we were talking. It's like, yeah, Bilbo was like the the fun uncle who, uh, like, yeah, gave gifts to all his ne- nieces and nephews, and like mentioned one nephew in particular. It's like, oh, that must be Frodo. Oh yeah, 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 right. So so Frodo himself might even have memories of like that exact time, right? Like Balin right. visiting, and um, yeah, it's he's possible. like. 20 years old in Hobbit years, which is like a fucking goo goo gaga baby, right? Like, so, <laughs> but he, he probably remembers all that, yeah. Um, and then uh, the last, the only other note that I had here, everything else will just be general discussion, but, um, and we already talked about it, but it, but it was that Bilbo's mithril male is what saves Frodo from the Oryx uh, spear. And, the reason got, I felt he got pinned to the fucking wall. Right, right, right. The reason I felt compelled to take that note was I did not put two and two together initially. You know, I, I was like, oh wow, Frodo got like fucking wrecked. Like he got stabbed. Um, so I kind of thought there was gonna be like a whole thing where he's like severely wounded and bleeding, and but then there's Again. nothing. Yeah. Um and I think that's where we get the passage where Gandalf like slyly remarks like, Oh, I think I know why you're like not fucking dead. Um, but nothing's explicitly said it's, it's at that point, it's pretty heavily telegraphed, but it's not explicitly said. And I was like, Oh, like that's pretty cool. Honestly. Like I like that Bilbo's mail has already been useful and we get to see how effective it is like in this moment. So when I first read that, before they started talking about the mail again, I was like, he, I guess he got pinned to the wall. I guess it like, like clipped his shoulder. Like, like it's either like going through his shoulder or it's like through his shirt or something that pinned him to the wall. Yeah. No, it's, it's like they thought he was dead, dead. Like it went through his heart somehow, yeah. but also he didn't it like impaled him to the wall, but didn't impale him. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, it might even be that, like, then again, the magic force of it, it's, it's like it would seem to everyone else that he was driven through by it. But, like, maybe he's literally just wet. Like, the spear won't pierce it, right? So right. Frodo's literally sandwiched between the wall, between the, the spear at his front and the wall right. at his back, and the spear won't go any further. But it would seem to everyone else that he's been... Just pierce through, right? I think that's more likely. Yep. Otherwise, the the armor is just magic and can you know allow for stabbing with with no injury. Yeah, which is feasible in this setting. Yeah, I wouldn't say entirely possible because Tolkien is a very uh, hard fantasy genre. It's not like oh, and then it's it's like the portal vest where it, like. Like you stab it and the the knife blade like pops out your shoulder or something. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I I do think it it, it seems to be that um the mithril male is just that strong, right? That it it saves him from it. 
and yeah. he's still you know, just like if you get shot with like really effective body armor like Frodo says he's still bruised like he's still injured right but the yep. important part is that nothing went through him so um, yes. so that was cool uh, Josh how about you go through your notes and then yep. I said I had I'm five and we went through one but through. we actually went through yeah we, we actually have uh, I only have three left all right, sure. Um, so one of the things that before we talk about the memes, I have two notes on memes. Oh, uh, great! <laughs> um, one of the things that was persistent throughout this chapter that I noticed and really liked was that the drum beat that we hear. Yeah. When you typically think of a drum, you would think of like the the onomatopoeia of boom or uh, like a deep drum or like a a dumb or a bum kind of noise. He consistently uses doom to describe yeah. the the drum, which very fitting foreshadowing. And like, as it fades away, when they leave the mountain after Gandalf has uh, uh, fallen off the bridge, it just like fades away. That's it's like, yeah, the, the mines of Moria hold doom. Yeah. For, for those who enter. And you, it's just going to march after you the entire time. That's, yeah. Re- really cool effect. Yeah, I, um, I don't think I, I, I really um, consider that too much, but that that's a really cool thing to point out. Definitely, um, we we do get definitely like a lot of foreshadowing. I think of like Gandalf kind of marching to his doom or or demise. You know, like there's yeah. there's several times where. Even last episode, we were talking about Gandalf being like, oh, you know, this will be the end of my labors. And we were like, what is that about? You know, but it's kind of telegraphing this event. But in terms of like the drums themselves and literally making the doom sound. um, Yeah, it's a cool thing to point out. I like that, Josh. Isn't that... um what that? I'm gonna sing the Doom song now. Yes, I was just gonna oh say. Oh my from god! Really? You were thought? I, I was, was just gonna I say was, that. Yeah. Uh, oh my, my mind was just going off on a tangent. Isn't that the thing that the guy from Invaders in says? Yes. Oh my fucking god! You know the worst part is I was thinking it too, but I was just <laughs> not gonna say it. I was just not gonna say anything, and we this could is, just let that moment pass us by. So that's because like that's because you were this the biggest fan of Invaders in. That and is my attitude at dinner with my family, Connor. <laughs> Just wow. like, I wasn't going to say it, but you did. I mean, okay. Connor's got well, the most to lose because Connor loved that series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just funny that like all three of us separately were struck <laughs> by that immediate thought. And me and Josh are just like, nope, we're just not going to vocalize that. And then oh, no, Connor I'm the first one to vocalize it. Connor Wait, was leading Connor up to it. it? Oh, I'm the one who sang it. I started to say it, then Josh it, started singing the song. Have, it didn't have to be said. I mean, we could have all just <laughs> been singularly aware of that and then just, you know, let it wash over us like a fleeting <laughs> I don't know. I think Invader Zim is, um, I think it's kind of got a bad rep. What do you think? Is it as cringy as some of those other cartoons from back in the day? No, no. I, I think it probably holds up. Hi. Probably well. I mean, it holds up okay. It's weird. It's definitely yeah. weird. I watched it a couple years ago. But but like, um, I, I think it just like gets a bad reputation because it's like the hot topic show. It's like oh, the weird kids like Invader Zim, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah isn't, isn't 
the one of the characters like literally like a girl who would would have been the hot hot topic like anytime she went to the mall if she ever went um, to the mall. Are you talking about Gaz? Did yeah. Sister? Oh yeah, I can't my remember God. the names. Connor, you didn't have to answer that. I just, okay. I just like you didn't all the... have to fucking pretend to be Mr. Krabs and go on a whole fucking tangent <laughs> about your fake ass sunge fan fiction movie either buddy it's better than knowing but all the characters did. from invader zim oh you just went through a whole you know do we give invader zim a bad rap is it cringy or not and then i know one fucking thing and you're gonna jump down my throat you're gonna make fun <laughs> of me you fucking kidding me no no you're right it's cool now connor it's cool now i give you props for coming out and, and you know you're being brave and open <laughs> about you know Listen. So I I, oh I applaud you. I do. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I I know I know you are really excited for Tears of the Kingdom, but I think you'll also enjoy Jedi Survivor. How does that have to do with Invader Zim? You'll see. Oh God. Uh oh. <laughs> wow. I don't. I don't even know if I want to know. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Um, anyway, so the I, drums, the doom, Gandalf. All right, we got it. Yes. Um, all right, Gandalf on the bridge. The line is, "You cannot pass." Mm-hmm. Feels wrong, doesn't and it? And he says it twice. I, I, no, I, I don't remember the scene from the movie that well. I just know the the line, "You shall not pass," and then he like like slaps the bridge with his cane and everything falls to shit but yeah that's as much as the, the scene I remember but when I'm reading this it sounds more like yeah Gandalf just kind of like shuffled out into the bridge and just like no nah, you can't pass and then right. the, the goblin's just like what? and he's like no nah, you can't pass like there's no force behind it like I don't even think yeah there's, there's not even an explanation point it's just a comma and a period. And, and the second time he says, or third time he says it, he says it three times, sorry. He, he goes into this little, like, spiel, like, the dark fire will not avail you. Your flame, flame of Udon, go back to the shadow. You cannot pass. It sounds right. very, like, like, formal, like, uh, uh, like, delivering a message, which is what he's doing, but it's not the epic uh, uh, speech and uh, uh, proclamation that we've come to to know thanks to the movie. So yeah. this is it's weird that we can make the comparison before we watch the movie, but we also kind of saw the movie. Or this yeah. Part of it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm right there with you, Josh, where I was thinking like, Oh, you know, is that, is that line going to be in there verbatim? And it isn't, you know, it, yeah, we will be talking more about this for sure, but I think it really goes to show like um, the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies are like a really great example of how adaption is like its own artwork. You know, there's a, a, a pretty common sentiment where like um, – the best adaption you can make of something is like the the most faithful it can be, but it's really not always true. Like the best adaptions will change or or tweak things in ways that um, you know 
maybe don't necessarily alter things or maybe they do like that's neither here nor there but like just just a moment like that you think about how iconic how impactful that is whether you've even seen the movie or not like pretty much everyone knows Gandalf saying you shall not pass and you read the book and he says you cannot pass and it's such a testament to to Peter Jackson's work because it feels wrong in the book yeah yeah it's like it is one of those moments in cinema history. It, it's like Luke, I'm your father, or which I just misquoted, um, or fucking. Frankly, I don't give a damn. Frankly, my dear, yeah. I don't give a damn. Uh, it's like, or I'll, I'm, I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. It's one of those lines that just sticks. Or cinema. Or or my wife. <laughs> That's iconic. Right? Maybe not yeah, the no, same that, degree. That they're right up there uh-huh. on, on that same level. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> Connor, do you know what we're talking about? I have um, to imagine you do, right? Vague vaguely. Vaguely, not I mean, no like right when you said because I didn't think about it when I was reading it, but when Josh said like, oh, he says can't like you can't pass like immediately I knew that it should be shall, but I don't have any real memory of, of ever seeing that as a meme or as a moment or anything, but yeah. Like you had to have seen it at some point, like a compilation or just like, oh, I had, I, I, I had to have seen it. Don't I'm saying I don't, I didn't. That's my lived experience. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Never seen it, Connor. You have you you have to have seen it in like a compilation, like a meme compilation, or like a compilation of like famous scenes. You know, like when you go on I'm, YouTube and you just like watch a compilation of famous scenes back to back. I do that a lot. I do yeah. watch the famous scenes compilations, uh, number one through twenty-five. Famous movie lines compilations. Yeah, um, but I I I have. I mean, maybe I wasn't paying attention during those scenes. I I don't I don't know. Compilations Although, like the best Beatles songs. Best Beatles songs and Taxman is number one on the compilation. Yeah. I've seen that one. <laughs> uh, okay. okay, okay. We are we're we're veering into Gandalf asshole territory. I don't I don't mean to I don't mean to go no, just asshole. Yeah. All right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I, I'll accept it. But I, I but I do apologize. I do apologize. Um see that's why it's not Gandalf asshole territory. True, yes. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's totally the thing, Josh, reading this chapter. Um, I was like, so caught up in it. I was, I was totally engrossed, Mm -hmm. but like, it wasn't just because of, of the merits of the chapter itself. I was like pulled along by this feeling of like, how does this match up with that scene in the movie? Yeah. The, the scene that we know, even though we've seen, at best, we've seen this movie ten years ago. And That's not the, true this, for me. Again, for, for okay. what it's worth, but, okay. but yes, yeah, for you um, and Connor, yes. But it's been it's been roughly a decade. It, it's like for all, any of us, the the this, the movie is not in any way, shape, or form like ingrained in our minds, except for this scene, and like one or two like small snippets that you see elsewhere that just like. Like, this is Lord of the Rings or something like that. But it's like, you shall not pass is like the line that kind of like transcended the movie. Yeah. 
So it's like, all right, what's going on here? How does this, how does this happen to the book? Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting to see it go down here. And at first, actually, when Gandalf delivers that speech, because like he has more to say than just you cannot pass, right? He's, he says, um, I am a servant of the secret fire, wielder of the flame of Anor. Your cannot pass. The dark fire will not avail you, flame of Yudin. Go back to the shadow. You cannot pass. Um, at first, I was like, is that the Balrog speaking? Because I was like, what is this about, like, the flame and the shit? Yeah, like, it's pretty clear yeah. that it isn't, you know? But, um... And then it even says the Balrog made no answer. Like, it's it's very clear. But as I was reading this line for the first time, I was like, wait a minute. Is the Balrog, like, speaking and responding? <laughs> what is this? Um, no, it's just Gandalf giving his, like, old yeah. man, old man, don't shoot the messenger speech. Yeah, but I, but I think ultimately, like, this I, kind of... Yes, Josh? I, I was reading it with the, the same energy of uh, the... the the Consuela from Family Guy. I'm just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Superman, no here. This has you been an insane episode. We have talked about <laughs> Borat, Family Guy, SpongeBob, SpongeBob, Invader Zim, Invader Zim, the ultimate showdown of Ultimate <laughs> Destiny. What the fuck is going on tonight? This is some insane Lord energy. Is connected to so much culture. We're going mask off tonight. Now they know wow. who we really are. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> oh my god! But um, okay, so Josh, there's that. Um, but I, I think what I what I want to wrap up with here, not like wrap up the whole podcast. Like we'll say a little bit more. But yep. But I feel like the difference. Now we're done. <laughs> between this scene and um, the Peter Jackson movie, you know, we kind of get like that big Hollywood adaption that like makes this scene that in the book is important. Like this is a pivotal scene. This is the chapter yep. where Gandalf is, I mean, for all we know, fucking killed and taken away from the party. In, in this, you know, really climactic event. Yep. But we also, like, have an understanding that, again, this book was published in the 50s, and the way that that kind of storytelling was going to be told and, and translated to the audience just does not have that same um, bombastic kind of impact that that audiences have largely come to expect from moments that are supposed to feel critical and important. And Peter Jackson takes this, this chapter here and he turns it into something that feels, you know, like more than just modern, like, but completely and wholly epic regardless of time, you know? Yeah. And, um, that that I don't feel like that is accomplished in this chapter. Like I think it is in some weird way in my mind, kind of carried along by it's, what I know about the movie. It's better in the movie. Yeah, it is. And it, this is one scene I'm definitely going to want to watch the animation for. Uh, I can never. I keep wanting to call it the Baskin Robbins animation, but I know that's <laughs> wrong. That's the ice cream people. Rankin Bass. Uh, Rankin Bass. Thank you. Like Clark I want to see how they did it. I want to yeah. see if they could if they leaned more towards 
the Tolkien uh, like word for word. And for some reason, I'm imagining like you, you said the 50s and I cannot get the thought of my head like a 1950s like Buck Rogers kind of like monster in a rubber suit with like the Wizard of Oz level, like the actual like Wizard of Oz effects of the smoke yeah, yeah. Love around the curtain. It, it's like clearly like like a smoke bomb going off on stage kind of look. And that's like the Balrog. And then you just have some guy with a with a staff just like go away. Sure. Yeah, right. I mean, that's part of why, you know, people were like, oh, Lord of the Rings is unfilmable until, you know, um, Peter Jackson with his team came along in the early 2000s. But, you know, it's like some some scenes you just need to have the special effects for. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's something else I was going to say there, but I can't remember now. Mm. Shit. I do have one last note. And yeah. it's on the other iconic line in this scene. This one is verbatim. Fly, you fools. Yeah. And I have two notes on this. One of them is like super quick, stupid meme. It's the Simpsons of say the line, Bart. Um, just my head, my head as I'm reading through this, it's going to say the line. It's going to say yeah, the line. You're right. you're right. Yeah. At least we got that right. Yeah, because because uh, the other one, uh, no, no, the other one was okay. The uh, I've no memory of this place, but yeah, it's like after this, it's like all right, he's got to say the other line. Come on, yay! Uh, but then serious, going turning serious for a moment, uh, like we never are in this podcast. Um, it turns out when I so I've always had the the preconceived notion in my head that he's saying that to the entire company. I was going to say fellowship, <laughs> but I remember they're called the company right now. Um, <laughs> And I always had that conception that he was telling them all to stop standing there, go. Mm -hmm. Reading the book, Boromir and Aragorn are running back to help him. And this line is, I, I see now, I think, is directed at them specifically of don't throw yourselves away, get the others and go. So I just I, I found that interesting. That's like, oh, I, for all these years, I thought he was telling everybody, especially Frodo and the Hobbits, because I thought that's what all the Lord of the Rings was about. Uh, don't stand there. Run. But no, he's telling the two uh, big fellas to or big dudes. That's what that's what we call them. Fuck. <laughs> that's right. Big dude, small men. There we yeah. go. Uh, to don't help me. Go help the others. Get the fuck out of here. It's the same, like, get the fuck out of here, but it's like, it's not directed to the whole company, it's directed to these two specific people who, to be quite honest, I forgot were there when I was from, like, whatever, what little I could remember of the movie. I just thought it was the Hobbits. Yeah. Maybe Legolas and Gimli. Uh, but no, it's, uh, just, I have full context now. It's enlightening. Yeah. It's I mean, to be fair, I think... I think the moments themselves might be different, though, too, because th that's a good point. Like in in the in the book, I think you could like say that that Gandalf is directing it towards Boromir and uh, Aragorn. But when we watch the movie, I think the staging of it is different, and so possible. I think that is why you have that preconceived notion. Because I think in the movie it's it's directed and framed with 
that context. I don't think we even get Boromir and Aragorn rushing to save Gandalf hmm. in the film. The way that I remember it, I don't think you even get that. So I think that's why you're thinking of the two moments as different, because I think they, they actually are. That's that's very possible. I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to watching the movie more and more now, especially now we got to this iconic scene. Hi Nova, yes. You don't yeah. need to play So um, but yeah, in, in, in short, I mean, I like that what you said, Josh, it's like, I was kind of dancing around it and like, Oh, there's this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you were like, Oh, it's better in the movie. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really it. Like, this is a great chapter. It's fascinating to read, but for me personally, and I kind of get the, this feeling at least between you and I, Josh, while we're discussing it, like it's particularly interesting because of its relationship with the film. Like, it's not really possible for us to read it separated from that context. So right. part of the interest of it comes from comparing it to the movie because it's just done with so much more impact and importance than what you actually get on the page here. Yes. And it you, you have me starting to think about all these things about, like, what would translate better over time? The movie impact where cultural ideologies can change over the, the, the decades, not necessarily centuries or millennia. Um, or would the, the written text remain more like uh, uh, in tune with people over time? And we're just the out the oddballs in history. It, it's too early to kind of tell, but it, it makes you kind of wonder, like, which one will win out? the uh which one will resonate more in the like mm. with with all of history that is depends on a lot, lot of to be things said, there's a lot to be said there i don't have the brain power or i don't don't think we have the time to get into but uh it's uh i you know i mean i i think books are um intriguing yeah it's a good question but i think you know i think books are are uh, probably the most durable you know, because even with the total system collapse, you know, we could still have books around. Yeah, no, I, I, assuming that you could still at, obtain the movie or the book, um, I'm, that's kind of what I meant. All, th- all else being equal, which one would resonate with the audience more, the, yeah. the movie or the book? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it is. And, you know, not to... Not to ignore the question, because I do think it's a good one, but I think, um, you know, ideally, like, both of those mediums can kind of live in harmony. Like, we have the book adaption, or the book adaption. We have the books, (laughs) and we have the film adaption. It's called the novelization. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like... Well, welcome they, to our read through of the novelization of the Peter Jackson Lord of the Ring movies. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. So they they like coexist, you know, like and and I think we're even kind of finding like maybe sometimes like one even maybe enhances the other. Um, that'll be a really interesting thing to talk more about as we discuss the books as a whole as we go through this. I mean, like I am for what it's worth, I am constantly constantly thinking about the movies when I'm reading this book, because even when, um, even when we're reading through scenes that 
are, you know, feel like they're only within the book. Um, the way that I read, you know, I try to imagine the scene in my head and I will have like a character stand in for each character and I'll think of their voice when they're delivering the dialogue and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And every single character, regardless of how they're described on the page, um, you know, I I am at this point in my life incapable of thinking of them as anything other than their movie portrayals. So Aragorn is Viggo Mortensen, and Boromir is Sean Bean, and Frodo is Elijah Wood. Like, I would yep. I would love to come at this series with like this fresh new angle where I can imagine them in my own way, but like I've completely relented and accepted that I can't. Like, those films are my Lord of the Rings first, and the books are second. Like, that's the strange part of reading through it. And yeah. um, that that's kind of how it is. I think it's going to make it doubly interesting when we get to the Rankin-Bass uh, animation, because that's... It's going to... I, I can't wait, because that's what was so yeah. fun about watching The Hobbit portrayal. It felt so different. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what fucking Legos looks like, especially after we saw the Elven King in the Hobbit version. <laughs> right. I, and we brought it during Council of Elrond. I was like, I was switching between fucking uh, Orlando Bloom and, and this weird, like, Yoda onion thing, Grinch-looking thing. Yeah. And I, I just, I need to know. <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> what did they do? I need to know. And I, 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 I'm not looking it up. I could, but I'm not going to. Yeah, no, we'll experience that moment together. I'm really excited. Um, and, you know, these it's, it's gonna, chapters... It's just going to be animated Orlando Bloom. We're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> that would be amazing for its predictive capabilities, <laughs> yes. like 30 years, 20 years prior. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I, you know, given everything that we said, if there's anything you want to add on, just jump in. But um, where I want to leave off here... Podcasts. Like it really interesting that the way that our two sec you know our two chapter sections uh, in this case were left off with Gandalf's death slash you know definite separation from the party. Um, he is dead. And <laughs> um, I think I think maybe I chimed in and said this like two hours ago when, when we brought it up, but it kind of gives us that moment from The Hobbit where Gandalf has to leave the party uh, just before they enter the Mirkwood. But yep. like the stakes are so much higher because Gandalf isn't just leaving because the Hobbits are boring and fucking losers and he has better <laughs> things to do. Like Gandalf is fucking dragged down into the fucking unknown depths of Moria by the Balrog. And it, everyone else has to just flee for their fucking lives. And it's like, well, now what? You know? <laughs> no, I didn't get dragged down. I wanted to go down with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just going to show up. No, that's not how it happened at all. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's a sim like, you're right. It's a very similar story between when he left the, the dwarves and, and Bilbo and the Hobbit. But this time he's not calling them just you. I've had it with you people. It's like, <laughs> Um, I, I think that was one of the better improvements of the, the animation. It's like Gandalf's just a fucking prick. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, much more he's gonna show page. up. He's gonna show up to save everybody, and then um, just like criticize all of their 
choice for, for <laughs> I mean he criticizes he still he goes out calling them fools. Yeah. It, it just he stays himself to the end. That he does. Alright. Anything else we want to add here? Not me. I, I think we've said enough. Uh we'll take next week off, which if you're listening back later, it doesn't matter. Um but we got some scheduling conflicts, so we'll deal with that. I have some scheduling conflicts, sorry. He's going on vacation. Yes. Yeah. You all deserve good. it, Josh, Enjoy after all those 50-hour work weeks. Um, it came Thank out the right you, time, but it was right? only 48. Well, still. Close We're rounding up. Yeah. yeah, might as well. Enjoy your time off from the most taxing uh, job you have, which is being a chump. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Connor, take us away. All right, folks, if you want more of us, please go to patreon.com slash chapter chumps. You can get bonus content and a uh, chance to vote for what books we read next. Uh, if you want to hit us up, if you want to email us, we are at chapterchumpspod at gmail.com. And we are, we are uh, at chapter chumps on both Twitter and Instagram. But until next time... Subscribe, you fools! Wow.